Welcome to Hippie Witch, magic for a new age. I'm your host, Joanna DeVoe, and this is a happy, hippie place where magic with a K meets the law of attraction. Hi, thanks for joining me for episode 300. 300? 300! Episode 300 of Hippie Witch, Magic for a New Age. My name is Joanna DeVoe, and I am the kooky creatrix behind Kick-Ass Witch, Putting the K in Magic, and Hippie Witch, the show you are listening to right now. I also have a free ebook by that name, Hippie Witch, Peace, Love, and all that good shit, and you can pick up a copy of that at www.joannadevoe.com or back on the description page for this episode back on Blog Talk Radio where you will also find a link to Shadow Love Return to the Seat of the Soul which is a six part audio journey I created for those of you asking about shadow work why do we do shadow work how do we do shadow work it's all there the how and the why, and spoiler alert, I'll just tell you the why right now. The why is self-love, which you may have guessed from the title, Shadow Love. Shadow work is about plumbing the depths of the subconscious in order to retrieve the lost, rejected, and shamed parts of ourselves in order to create a greater sense of wholeness and self-love. So if you haven't checked that out yet, I hope you will do so. Just follow the link around here, wherever it is, if you're on my blog or you're on Blog Talk Radio. And if you have checked it out, if you uh, have done that audio journey, I would love to hear about it. Let me know. How did it go for you? Did you have any cool insights? Do you have any feedback you want to share? I'm all ears or eyeballs. You can email me at joannadevoe at gmail.com. And I would love to hear from you. Having said that, we need to have a little celebratory moment here. And it goes a little something like this. Happy, happy birthday. Happy, happy birthday. Happy, happy birthday. Happy, happy birthday. Happy, 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 happy birthday, kick-ass witch. Happy, 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 happy birthday, kick-ass witch. Kick a switch is six years old! Yay! <laughs> Yay! My business, Kick a Switch, turned six years old yesterday. Uh, there was not a Saturn's Day evening post this weekend because I was on vacation with my kid, which I will tell you about this Saturn's Day. Um, but we had an awesome time. And then yesterday was my business, Kick a Switch. It was the six year anniversary. And it was a very reflective day. It was not celebratory. I was not bouncing off the walls and very, very excited. I was, I was thinking a lot and reflecting a lot. And I decided to do something today to celebrate my business, but also something that I, I hope will serve you very well. And uh, let's just jump right into it. Let's just jump right into it without any fanfare here. So I have said many times that running an online business is an accelerated spiritual practice. And the truth is that anything challenging that you devote yourself to can be an accelerated 
spiritual practice. It could it could be transforming your body at the gym. It could be going from a poverty mentality to a reality of great wealth or going all the way in school to get the highest, most prestigious degrees or writing a six-part novel series or raising a bustling family on one modest income. It just so happens that this is the challenge that I have devoted myself to for the past six years, and so I thought it would be fun in honor of this six-year anniversary to share what some of the lessons and insights I've experienced as a byproduct of this particular path have been. I am not the same person that I was on March 5th, 2012, when I launched Kick-Ass Switch. That is partly because none of us are who we we were on March 5th, 2012. (laughs) We all change and grow and develop over time. And the only thing about life that is constant is change. Change is life. An accelerated spiritual practice is the process of leaning into that change and daring it to change you faster than you feel ready for. I was not ready for Kick-Ass Switch (laughs) at all. It was a very unexpected calling that looked nothing like my dream. The dream that that I had in my head and my heart, it's a dream I still have, and this kick-ass switch thing really felt like a calling. It felt like something unusual and unexpected calling me forward. But in answering that call, I have grown well beyond my former self, and maybe that was the purpose in answering that call. And I would say, too, that the overall sweeping theme of that change has been failing up. (laughs) I have failed my way to success and I'm still failing. I have learned that failing is winning until the day you give up. It's only when you give up on yourself that you become a failure. Otherwise, it's all winning. And let me be very clear about what I mean when I say giving up on yourself. You can give up on that diet. You can give up on that career. You can give up on that marriage and not give up on yourself. In fact, sometimes giving up is the next right step on the path of failing up. So I I hesitate to say failing your way to the top because I I like failing up because There is no real top. There is only like one milestone of success after one milestone of success along the way to more failing. (laughs) If you can make friends with the idea of failure as something you do to learn and grow and succeed and not something you are, you're not a failure, but you're failing. (laughs) Life becomes much more amusing and far less serious than when you are stuck in the dynamics of perfectionism. No matter what your dream is, I can tell you right now that you will never be perfect in the creating or living of it. You are not perfect. None of us are. But you're beautiful. 
You're amazing. You are divine. And in that way, you are perfectly imperfect. And choosing the path of failure is choosing to celebrate that and to enjoy the ride. Enjoy it, my friends. This is it. This is all you get, at least this lifetime. So that's that's number one. <laughs> the second thing I've learned is that vulnerability is the path to real connection. This is one that came as a bit of a shock to me in the beginning and one that I'm, I'm still learning almost every day. It came as a shock when I first really experienced the truth of it, when I first felt and experienced vulnerability as the path to real connection because I thought what people wanted was someone aspirational, someone to look up to, someone clever and impressive. I thought that if I made the best videos, if I drew the best pictures, if I wrote the most dazzling newsletter, people would want more. People would like me more. People would share my work. People would sing my praises. And I actually thought this all throughout the life of my first online business, which I launched in the spring of 2004, Koshi. Koshi is too cool for school. That, <laughs> uh, the first like zine that I created with not the intention to launch my business was called Koshi is too cool for school. And it was a collection of illustrations and poetry that went on then to turn into this business that I had for years. Um, but Koshi is too cool for school. I think that's what I was trying to be with that brand. Too cool for school. I was trying to show the world how cool I was, how edgy and hip my illustrations were, how punk rock my spirit was, how deep my poetry went, and how totally styling I looked on the daily. <laughs> And I did get into some big newspapers and magazines that way, but I never, not once, felt the kind of love and connection that I have felt with Kick-Ass Switch because I did not understand that vulnerability is the path to real connection. I was trying to not be vulnerable. I was trying to do the opposite of that. And it's only when I broke down crying, talking about something that really mattered to me in a video, or when I shared a mistake I made, or a fear I had, or a lesson that I had just learned in an embarrassing way, it was only then that people started communicating with me. They would answer my newsletters with a resounding like, me too, oh, thank you so much for this, and... They'd tell me their own stories of failure and loss and fear and triumph over all those things. And it's still happening to this day. I get so much mail after every episode of this podcast. And it's cracked my heart open in the most humbling way and allowed me to really be myself, which is, which is why I'm constantly in the process of learning that vulnerability is the path to real connection. I read those emails. I feel emboldened after reading those emails to be my authentic self in the next episode. And then right after that goes up, <laughs> especially with the Saturn's Day evening posts, 
I feel a wave of vulnerability, that old vulnerability hangover. Like, why? Why? Why did I just let my hair down like that with thousands of strangers? What am I doing? This is not safe. <laughs> Abort mission. <laughs> I, I feel that more often than you might guess. And just like, ooh, I don't feel safe here. What am I doing? And then after having those feelings and thoughts after hitting publish, like a miracle, a few hours later, those emails start coming in. And I remember, oh, yeah, truth matters. Authenticity is valuable. And the best I can do is to show up fully as I really am and to expose myself in that way, to expose my flaws and my dreams and my goofiness, which is about us all. Kick-Ass Switch is not about me. It's about all of us, right? And we all need real humans. We need to see and hear and be inspired by flawed human beings that we can relate to. The shiny, perfect, analog humanoids presented on Instagram are not human at all. They are counterfeit. And people can feel the difference. They either feel the counterfeit as a threat and a call to action from their egos that shames them into the hell of not enoughness and must strive harder toward perfection, or they feel that counterfeit as the lie that it is. And then they go looking for someone who will kindly reflect back at them their own humanity. The third thing I've learned is to lead with love. Lead with love. Every time I get caught up in my head about appearances, numbers, likes, poor me proclamations, or the urge to seek validation, every time I catch myself in that place, I then choose to give myself away. I give love instead. I go... I literally do this. I go looking for someone to serve, someone who needs validation or support, someone who has a question I can answer, someone who needs a bit of cheering up or an extra boost of encouragement. And in doing so, I feel myself drop into my heart and the seat of my soul. And then from there, I am able to lead with love, which is a relief. It feels good. It feels like a relief. And I'm not talking about leading other people when I say lead with love, although it can definitely have that side effect too, and that is wonderful. But I'm actually talking about leading my life from the heart, to lead with love instead of my head. My head is big. <laughs> my head is big, as my, son, as my son likes to say. Our minds are powerful. Our minds are clever, forceful, insistent, determined, and more often than not, they are cesspools of fear. All that power, all that cleverness and force, that insistent drive and determination, it can be a nightmare if you let it take the lead. When the mind takes the lead, our choices and decisions and the meaning we assign things are shaped by fear. And fear is a liar. Fear says that 
There's not enough to go around. Everything is a competition. You'll never make ends meet doing what you love, so you'd better do what you're told or what you know works. Fear... Fear is all about survival of the fittest and striving and looking over your shoulder to see who's coming up behind you and plotting and planning and trying to control every outcome and it's fucking exhausting. The good news is, this is why I say I experience leading with love as relief. The good news is that there's another way. It sounds corny, but it's true. Love is the other way. When you learn to lead with the heart, the mind becomes an excellent servant. All that cleverness and force and power can then be put to work in service to the soul. You can't just decide to abandon the mind or leave it to its own devices. You know, don't demonize the mind. That's not what I'm talking about here, but you've got to show it who is boss. And when the boss is you, as in capital Y-O-U, capital S-O-U-L, when your soul is the boss and you start leading with love, your mind will then be happy to keep busy fulfilling its real purpose. It's genius in the role it was meant to play. So the next time you feel your mind starting to spin out with a mean case of, what about me? See if you can change its tune simply by saying, what about them? How can I make their lives a little brighter today? How can I offer value to the world today? What one thing, just one thing can I do right now to facilitate someone else feeling the way I long to feel? It's magic. I'm telling you, it works every time. I use this all the time. <laughs> Just making that shift from me, 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 me. What do they think of me? How am I going to impress them with me? How am I, me, 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 me? How am I going to pay the bills? How am I going to blah, 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 blah. Just switching to a service mindset is magical. Lastly, I have learned that Falling apart is totally, it's natural. Falling apart is natural. This echoes back to where we began here in talking about failing up. But falling apart is slightly different. They're closely related, but I see them as two different things. So as I said at the top of this episode, change is life. If change is life, falling apart is half the equation of breathing. The breath of life is falling apart and putting ourselves back together and falling apart and putting ourselves back together and falling apart and putting ourselves back together again and again and again and again. Sometimes we fall apart physically as when our body or money or home breaks down. Sometimes we fall apart mentally or emotionally, but to stay in the game of life, to live this life of change and keep breathing, you've got to then put yourself back together. An accelerated spiritual practice will invite you to do this with an increasing sense of self-awareness. So once you're aware that falling apart is simply the exhale 
and putting yourself back together is the inhale, you stop holding your breath. The falling apart ceases to be the end of the world. You're not panicking anymore when things are falling apart. It's not the end of you. It is simply the end of a moment, the end of that breath and a perfectly natural exhale. And what do we get? What do we do when we get to the bottom of an exhale? (sighs) We inhale. And in this way, we enter the next moment and continue to breathe through the changes of life. Think about it. It's really interesting. It's a perspective that has really helped me deal with Well, I'm talking about the lessons I've learned through my business. So when things seem to fall apart, (laughs) I just remind myself, this is just the exhale. This is just the exhale. Now we get to put it back together, and that is the inhale. This is the breath of life. It's the life-death-life cycle. And if life is changed, then this falling apart and putting ourselves back together is the breath of life. So that's it. That's some of what I've learned. I've learned much more, but I wanted to share some things that could apply to anybody. If you're a doctor or a teacher or a father, a runner, whatever. Like these are things I think that apply to us all. So just to recap, they are fail up, fail up. Fail your way to winning. (laughs) Fail up. Vulnerability is the path to real connection. Lead with love. Falling apart and putting ourselves back together again is the breath of life. And life is change. Happy birthday, Kick-Ass Witch! Yay! And thank you to all of you who have made answering this most unexpected call an absolute pleasure. Until we meet again. Much love to you. Peace.